my experience is that purpose drives not only engagement, you know, from a kind of cultural point of view, but performance and joy. So if you have a purpose aligned business, you can make more money and be happier. Like I genuinely believe that. Welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you for being here. I'm really, I'm always so excited to share. (laughs) Every week I'm like, I'm so excited, but I genuinely am so excited to share my guest with you today. My guest is Sarah Clark and she is a business mentor. And I think you'll hear as we talk that we have some very similar values in our business. And so I was, but I'm sure very different approaches and unique things to say on it. So I was really excited to get Sarah on the podcast. So Sarah has a focus on U-shaped businesses, profitable U-shaped businesses, which I love, and on finding impact and joy without the hustle in your business. Now, I'm sure listeners, of, like regular listeners of the podcast are going to be like, ah, oh, I see where, why Ray's invited Sarah on. And yes, yes, indeed. So hello, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Hi, Ray. I'm very excited to be here. I've been um, a fan for many years. Yeah, <laughs> My first question I always ask people, because I think it's so, I just find it so interesting to put people in context of like, how did you end up doing what you do? How have you ended up being a business coach, I guess? Yes. And uh, do you know what? I think I was really reluctant to adopt that title of business. Mm. Coach well, we should talk about that too. Characters. Yeah, let's talk about that. Add it to the list. <laughs> Um, I was like, I'm not a bit. No, no, I'm not a business coach. I just, mm. I just help people grow their businesses. I'm definitely not a business coach. <laughs> um, so there was after a certain amount of denial, I basically became a career and leadership coach after being made redundant from the corporate world. Mm. So a long time ago, 2016, and it was I only went into career coaching because it was sort of what I knew because I worked yeah. in science and L and D and leadership development. I'd just done it for all my career, and then had absolutely no idea what to do. And mm. I started coaching my mum friends down the pub, actually, sort of after NCT relationships built. And I was oh, there could be something in this. And I suppose it transpired that over the sort of next four or five years, lots of other coaches were coming to me saying, Sarah, how have you done what you've done? And I, and I genuinely wasn't sure how I'd done what I'd done. And it was only a case of sort of reverse engineering my learning process because I didn't mm. get a bit obsessed, as probably you can relate to, Ray. Like, I was getting mm. Obsessed about the right way to do it, which is another. Oh point, yeah, right. Yes, yes. And I think I thought I don't want to do it the way that everyone's telling me I should do it in better commas. Mm. So these people saw me doing it my way, and I think that mm. perhaps inspired them. So career mm. coaching quickly became not just career coaching, but actually I don't want to be in my career anymore. I want to do something for myself. And yeah, that's how it came about. So two years ago two and a half years ago three years ago I pivoted out of career 
coaching, pure mm. coaching, and basically work with coaches and consultants. So the people that I, you know, the person I yeah. was yeah. six years ago, and it's a bit of a story, isn't it? You help people who you used to be. Yes, yes. Yeah, it seems to be like somebody on um, Plenty asked me the other day, like I was talking about how a lot of people who are coaches and Plenty is not just coaches at all. But obviously we have coaches and consultants and stuff like that in there. And they, I was like, a lot of coaches have like just this heart of a coach, which you're describing. Like they just are coaches, like not just what they're um, trained in or what they do, what they're experienced in. Like they are intrinsically a coach as a person. Because she yeah. was like, how? Oh, I think it was they were like, how do you? How do you know if you're a coach? I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, you can't help. <laughs> you can't turn yeah. it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you say, like you're coaching people down the pub or after NCT or whatever it is. You are somebody like I remember once someone knocked on my door, <laughs> who said like was they were really into sewing and bef- like they gave me no permission for this and this was not okay. And before <laughs> you know it, I was like, you should be doing this. And I was like, Ray, leave that poor person alone. They have not invited you. you see their potential. Like you can't yeah. see potential in exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things, isn't it? That heart of being a coach, you, you sort of can't avoid it. It finds you. Mm-hmm. But yes, also like you were saying, often we are giving people the tools, teaching people, supporting people and becoming in doing things that we have already done or experienced you do pattern absolutely I mean I would say 75 80 percent of the people that I work with are mm. who they needed three yeah. years ago. yes yep yeah pattern. and it's because I help with purpose-led business owners it is mm. usually something that's come from a scar right it's come yeah. from a pain they've had a gap in the market they've observed what they need mm. and actually what I'm doing now is what I needed Mm. probably 2017 really but I was mm. like nope, I'll do it myself I'll work it out on my own and also mm. I didn't see anyone who did it the way I resonated mm. with like it was yeah. a bit wanky and yachts and yeah months <laughs> wanky and yachts technical term <laughs> that's so interesting what you say there about it coming from a scar like we're talking about like you sized business and this like when I talk about it, I talk about it being real you and I do talk about I don't talk about playing big I play, talk about playing you sized like there is no big or small there's just you and I love what you said there like because I think sometimes and I think this is a real thing I'd be interested to hear what you think not everyone's quite found their their them sized thing yet right like sometimes we are in an adjacent thing to that or we're really like I don't think this is me but I'm not quite in and I'm talking business wise I'm not quite in that me shaped hole or space is a better word than hole that hole sounds really negative <laughs> or something else but <laughs> but do you like what you've just said there about like often it comes from a wound I feel like that's a really good starting point for some people to find that space like, do you find that sometimes it comes from a frustration, like that feeling like that and and paying attention to that has valuable information for us? Absolutely. And I think this this came about when I was doing career coaching for like five mm. years and purpose was such an important part of the conversation around mm. what would make you happy, how you can make the biggest dent in the world you know, what your values were, what your identity was, the dent you wanted to leave, all of these things. And I've really transferred that that mindset across to my business coaching because 
my opinion, and I've worked in organisations on their culture and their development, my experience is that purpose drives not only engagement, you know, from a kind of cultural point of view, but performance and joy. So if you have a purpose-aligned business, you can make more money and be happier. Like, I genuinely believe that. And your purpose will be attached to your lived experience, right? So what you've been through, your purpose is determined by so many different parts of who you are. It's as unique as you are. Mm. if you can build a business around that providing you're solving a problem that is valuable enough which maybe we'll get on to you can genuinely make a really good living yes following your purpose but it has to be profitable and then that's the nuance between just doing stuff for shits and giggles and passion and actually Mm. knowing that people will pay you to help them do and that can be really tricky can't it and I I think like I think that maybe part of it is that and I don't know what your thoughts are on this but I very strongly believe that everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur that's not everybody's purpose and that's a really like I feel like particularly in 2020 there was kind of this thing of like everyone should be an entrepreneur you're almost like I know there was a particular corner of the internet were literally saying you're weak if you're not doing this like what are you doing and I was just like no it's not everybody that's not everybody's purpose but I would say a lot more people than are doing it it is their purpose I agree and I think it's this this settling that so many people have done and I, I can relate to in the corporate world I just went along with it and I've you can mm-hmm. find a purpose in the everyday you don't have to go yeah. and like build a business to find your purpose yeah. and purpose can be fleeting and it and it doesn't kind yeah. of come like lightning bolt out of the sky mm. it can be purpose in every day and finding meaning in every day and it may evolve as you evolve which is definitely what's yeah. happened to me but I don't think everybody does need to be an entrepreneur to be yeah. purpose-led it's just being really authentic, isn't it? And aligned with actually yeah. who you are, the dent you want to make. If you're working mm. for, I don't know, an oil company and you're a massive climate protector, you know, an mm. environmental campaigner, that is not going to align authentically mm. with who you are. Yeah. So you can do something. You can choose an organisation that aligns, obviously. Mm. But for me, probably, you know, ENFP, maybe a little bit ADHD, idealist. I think you should just create your own work. I mean, yeah completely u-shaped then you can build your family your your neurodiversity your personality your energy your passions your purpose say what you make all the rules and for me as a semi-anarchist that's really exciting (laughs) totally totally and I think the vast majority of people listening they're listening to a podcast called real you real money like that real you aspect is obviously intriguing at the very least and important at the most and I think it can sometimes be there's there's sometimes and the bit that I wanted to, I'd love your thoughts on because this can be a really sticky bit is how we get from that like somebody might know their purpose but the but the money aspect the making that profitable feels like how they, they feel like two separate parts and how do I connect those do you have any advice or thoughts on how people can bring in who they really are what their real purpose is and alongside that make money I think that's a very it's a very good question and I don't have a full answer for you but I feel like you can't monetize all purposes mm-hmm. I yes. feel like there there is a way you can monetize stuff that is important to you mm-hmm. um, your purpose will and I think I've mentioned this before it will change and it will evolve yeah. so yeah. the biggest problem in the world that I wanted to solve when I started my business in 2016 was the way women are treated when they've had kids basically. yeah and the return to work so that was my why that was my driving mm. 
forced because of my own personal experience mm. I had a very difficult return to work and rest is history but I was for about two or three years obsessed absolutely obsessed with empowering women mm. around this space and I could have done that for free right I could have kind of campaigned yeah. I could have carried on in the corporate world but like made a change from within Mm-hmm. Or joined a few kind of not-for-profits you don't mm-hmm. have to monetize your purpose but if there is a mechanism or if there is a great a great need for the thing that you are trying to solve in the world yeah and monetize it yes you have to monetize it I think that's the difference like yeah you can but you don't have to but if you are doing something that is that only you think is really important yeah purpose and nobody else sees the value of it, or people are mm. like not there yet. You will find it yeah. really hard to monetize. Mm. That's what yeah. I mean about I talk about a purpose and profit niche. Yeah. Yes, it can be purpose aligned, but we need to make sure it's profitable. Otherwise, you're running a charity. Yes. Or a hobby, yes. another hobby. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because for some people, the idea of purpose almost erases the the what's the word like you're not allowed to make money when you're doing something purpose driven like that's not because we've grown up in that paradigm of like separating emotions and meaning really from business like it should be this very like feelingless situation and a lot of people our ideal clients I'm imagining have very um emotionally driven purposes I think that's such an important point I work with huge-hearted altruistic Mm freaking amazing people mm. who have this kind of societal maybe caregiver you know female yeah. very often mentality that you should just care and give and give yeah. and, and help for free and yeah. it's wrong to monetize help it's wrong yes. to monetize mm. and I think that is a that's a female wound isn't it really it's a societal yeah. issue around I am I have a valuable bloody gift I have a talent yeah. that is going to help someone in their life and if they're willing to exchange money for that support then you have a business yeah if they're not willing to exchange money for that support yeah. then you have a charity or you do it for yeah you know Jesus. yeah <laughs> yeah I think one of my bluntest posts that I that I'm just thinking maybe I'll reshare it after this episode is like when because what we see a lot I think is like you say like we there's almost like a lack of trust in terms of allowing people to pay us like oh no they shouldn't and you see it happen when wars are in the press more or the pandemic happens there's this like oh no but they shouldn't be paying me they should be doing better things with their money and when when we do that when and a number of people listening to this podcast not all but a number of you your ideal clients will be women or people conditioned as women and when we do that, what we're doing is saying, like, we're trusting people with vaginas less with money, which is what the patriarchy is doing. That's what I'm saying. It's one of my really blunt posts. It's like, we're just perpetuating this idea that mm-hmm. somehow, depending, like, me and my friends have this joke when it's left down to women to do certain things. We we go, oh, yeah, because vagina, because vagina, we have to do it. And it's that same thing of like, well, can't trust them. <laughs> can't trust them. <laughs> and it's it's our job as well like part of undoing that conditioning is trusting people not and and believing that they not only can but want to invest in what we do that that yeah. feels good they're not doing you a favor right nobody has no. to buy anything 
right <laughs> if they don't see the value in your thing which is a whole other mm-hmm. conversation they won't yeah they won't invest with yeah. you or with your services and mm. nobody's forcing anyone I mean I see some coaches online really ramming stuff home and it's incredibly unethical but providing you approach sales and marketing and business in a kind ethical mm. nurturing way and you're not a dick like hashtag yeah. I do I truly yeah. That you're giving people consent, choice about whether yeah. or not to invest in you. Like you're not holding anyone over a barrel. No. And this is where I think you can relinquish that kind of guilt that you know yeah. a lot of people describe. Like mm. it's your choice. I'm just explaining the solution that I have, my philosophy, my point of view, mm-hmm. my vibe. Are you in? Do you want to help? Mm-hmm. That's what I can do. It's up to you. Yeah. It's no pressure. <laughs> and and I actually really think this is why um one of the things that people people who have this sort of I don't know like you say like they're they're generous hearted like big hearted people they're often very reticent to post very much or email very much mm. and I think my maybe I don't think it's a controversial take but my take is I think it's actually it's more ethical to message to email and post more so people really get to know you they really get a sense of who you are before mm. they invest and they, they're they like, because remember, they can always opt out, particularly of email, like yeah, yeah. the most ethical form of, of marketing, because you've just unsubscribe and it's got and they're gone. Yeah. They've given you permission to be there. But I do think like actually getting to know people more, mm. people feel like, oh, but, I, but it's almost like by showing up, by taking up space, they feel like they're pressuring someone. Yeah. But what what would be your take on that? I think you're right. I think there's. There's a lot of apologising, isn't there? For I mean, I I find myself doing in emails. Oh, I'm sorry, it's me again. Yeah. Like if they don't want to receive my emails, they can click a button. It's no yes. no issue. And I and I sometimes proactively say that to people. Like if you if you you're finding this too much, like I'm going to be doing a bit more regular posting or email. Mm-hmm. That's too much for you. You can either reduce that or opt out. And mm-hmm. reminding people they have control and autonomy over their their mm-hmm. exposure to you. I feel like it's maybe it's back to the kind of female taking up space thing again the the biggest issue I find when I work with women out of the corporate world is that it's not in their vernacular it's not familiar to them to self-promote yeah it's not in their psyche almost to well they see it as showing off yeah I think the lovely mindset shift I like to give people is that actually you're not showing off you are highlighting in fact Tad Hargrave has a wonderful analogy for this you're not in the spotlight you are the spotlight yeah you are isn't that good I know yeah um you are the spotlight (laughs) shining your light on this big Mm. issue in the world that you're trying to solve Mm. and I think as soon as people reframe that like it's genuinely an act of service to highlight or spotlight this thing that you have an answer to that might be helpful Mm. like the permission is granted Mm. to go up and jazz hands it or not yeah I think it's so interesting because we get all this stuff like you're not the center of the world and blah, 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 blah. And I have, I always tell this story about I had a really funny friend at school who you'd be walking along and she'd wolf whistle at you. And if you turned around, then she'd be like, ah, you love yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> you should do it, honestly, because I grew up. Yeah. But she was the one, like, it was so, like, it was such a, like, it, 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 it was like, she did it in a, in a kind way. It was very funny when she used to do it. But in your business, you are the center of the world. Like you are the center of your business. Yeah. Like without it, without you, that business does not exist. You are the center of that world. And, and I would argue we're a lot more the center. We're all the center of our own worlds anyway. This idea that we're not, it's like, well, hang on. Like 
it's all through our lens anyway this is a separate podcast mm-hmm. but in your business like I love that idea like you are the like you are the spotlight like that's and like and I love the idea because it's about shining light on things but it's also like you're the whole thing you're like you're that it's you and without you and without your personality and without your value and without your gifts yeah and without your point of view and without your energy and well-being let's not forget mm-hmm. that like, you look after yourself because yeah. you have health and you you, yes. are, you have no business like let's yes. be honest. yeah you are everything which is why you shape business has to be you know your business has to become an extension of who you are in every yeah. aspect whether yeah. it's what you sell how you sell it yeah your voice your personality the hours you keep like with take mm. your mental health like it's up to you which yeah. is overwhelming as a concept isn't it like, you're like oh my god I get to choose it all yes incredibly exciting yes if you you embrace it yes and I think that's when you're speaking about people who come out of the corporate space and into the um, entrepreneurial you're running your own business space it can be I think for all of us like I had a gap between working in a more corporate space and running my own business of quite like five years probably but I still had to relearn a load of stuff and if you're definitely if you're popping from one to the other it's like huh this is different yeah like you can do (laughs) yeah I mean even I I talk to this to clients about this a lot even the way like you write your emails like moving it out of this really formal way of doing it like into a much more relaxed way because that's how you actually speak like you you know I don't finish a coaching call and go kind regards (laughs) regards, (laughs) like like, that doesn't happen that's yeah. not what they're getting and if I talk like that they're going to be really confused by who they get at the end on the other side of a zoom call but it does take it's a lot it's a lot you can feel very exposed I think because it's the real you like yeah you maybe need to flip <laughs> that in the podcast yeah but it's the real you and you maybe have lost touch with her mm. if you've been working for someone else because part of working for an organization which is my kind of in a belief that you can't actually be mm. true, authentic and happy in working for someone else because you can't really ever bring your whole self to work. That's all bollocks. Yeah. The more you have been in an environment, there's loads of research to, that supports this from a cultural perspective, the more you are impacted on by the values and the culture and the identity of the people yeah. around you. So yeah. you shift, you morph. Yes. And you, yes. Lose, you lose contact with your true identity so all the people that I work with, like fresh out of corporate, don't really know who they are or what they want because they've mm. never really had that mm-hmm. freedom to be who they are without judgment, without fear, you know, in psychological safety. So starting from the ground up has to be what I refer to as kind of resetting your inner GPS. Like what yeah. is a yes for you? What is a no for you? How what how does that play out in terms of the intu- intuition you're going to apply to running your business? Mm. A lot of strategies, a lot of gut instinct. Isn't yes, it? a lot. Yeah. But if you don't have a gut instinct because it's been dumbed down or you turned off, you have to yeah. reconnect with it. It's big. And because you're used to going, so this comes up with pricing all the time. Like, what's the right, but Ray, what's the right price? I'm like, there's no right price. No, there's no right not. price. But it's too open. It's like, but hang on. I'm used to following a, like, do this, do this, do this, or these oh, yeah. are your parameters. Yeah. And like, especially if you're working with coaches, it always makes me laugh when someone's like, well, what's the right price for this offer? What do coaches tend to charge? I'm like, well, from £25 an hour to a million. The most I've heard of is a million for six months or a year. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. One to charge it. It's fine, Sarah, because you get her her special codes. 
to unlock the universe or something. So oh, it was totally fine. The secret codes. Yes. I was like, oh no, you've mentioned codes. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really it's just I I talk about this loads, but it's so I think it's really helpful how much of it makes sense once you put it in context. How much people will go? Why am I? Can't I decide on a price? And why do I? Why am I not writing in this way that doesn't sound like me? And it's like, well, it all makes perfect sense mm. when once possible. you just yeah. <laughs> It's exactly your fault, but I think it's yeah. It takes a while to realize that. Well, to realize what you've become, like how mm-hmm. far away from true self you've become. And yes. I think, yes. I think it sort of happens, but I, I don't want to kind of force the issue. I don't want to sort of say, right, you need to you need to get back to your true self within ten mm. minutes. Leaving the call. <laughs> you do have to find your way mm. in a, a decent amount of time. Like I remember. If I now scroll back to the beginning of my Instagram and I started in 2018, I mean, I sounded like a complete weirdo, like who mm. is that person? But I had mm. to do that. It was almost like a cathartic process yeah. to find my voice. Yes. And actually like trying stuff and realizing that I was kind of copycatting and par- or parroting other people yeah. that did what I was doing. I'm like, no, but that we feel mm. this external pressure to be like the people that seem to be killing it. Yeah. Yeah, you do it your way. It will never ever work. It will never be sustainable if you copy someone else's five step framework. But. Exactly. <laughs> and it's it's really interesting, like hearing you talk because, like I said, I had that gap. First of all, I worked in TV, so I didn't work in that more corporate. I mean, that was too corporate for me, and I was really bad at it. Like really really bad at it it was like I could tell many stories where you're like wow Ray you thought that was no okay to how a how did no one guess that you were neurodivergent <laughs> because those were not the social cues you should have been following and b just like it was bad so I had I didn't have that say quite the same thing but what's really interesting listening to you talk is like I'm thinking about the fact that I started my business in a, sim- a similar time to you I think it was 2017 that I started and it took off really fast. And I was working on pure instinct, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, Amazing. I didn't know enough to question. Like, people say to me, like, well, what what did you charge? And I'm like, well, I, I charged, like, for my first coaching package, I think it was £1,000. And I know that that, and I think that was for three months. And I think that's quite bold, considering I'd oh, never made more now. than... Yeah. Yeah. I'd never made more than 26 grand in a year. So for me in my in my employed life, so for me to go out and just charge, I was like, I'm just charging that because that's what I need at the moment. Like there wasn't a lot of like, I just didn't know. And that was really helpful. But yeah. actually what I noticed in my business was I started, like I say, so much instinct, so much like that feels good. I'm going to do that. And then as, as my business, like I made almost a hundred grand the first year, then I think it was about 111 the second year. <laughs> Anyone who listens to podcasts going to go, these numbers change, Ray. They do, but ballparks. I, I'm, I think it was around that. And then I started to be like, right now I need to grow it. And that was the moment mm. I, I started to go, how do you do this properly? Cause I have been winging it. How do I do this in a way that actually is going to work? And I lost trust in, even though I arrived yeah. in that way, I lost trust in so much of that. And, and that was a gradual process. And now it's been a gradual process to get it back, I would say. It's but it's in, there's, mm-hmm. it is interesting that like, the different way it's almost like I heard Tara Moore say this once that, and I don't know if she was quoting somebody or if it was her own thing, like, that there's 
like almost like a like maybe we need to go away from ourselves mm. like maybe we need to know the contrast of what it's like yeah to lose time with ourselves in order to fully understand what it means to come back to ourselves yeah I can really relate to that I think you do because otherwise there's no before and after there's no step change mm. no trigger no learning and I yeah. think sometimes you need to really mess it up yes. or, or feel awful about something and, and make yeah. you know oh my god I can't believe I did that in retrospect or vice versa yeah. for you to realize what feels out of alignment yeah 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 mm-hmm. it's like I think sometimes like to return to the purpose thing sometimes people think finding their purpose is all about noticing what feels good and what works Mm-hmm. it's as valuable to notice what doesn't feel good and what doesn't work totally and like, I, I use a lot of positive psychology in my work and and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you know there, there is sort of scientific data that reinforces these points around you know neural pathways and dopamine like when you are in your flow state yeah. you are more productive like when yeah. you have the strength so there's well-trodden neural pathways that are kind of mm. you at your best or you want you when you're mm. on fire and like 90% of my corporate days were all about, particularly because I worked in HR and development and stuff, mm. you know, let's look at what you're bad at. School, <laughs> you know, let's make yeah. But actually, if we all develop the hell out of our strengths and we yeah. find our flow state more often and we align mm. with what we truly are values-wise, this is how I do leadership coaching. This is how I do career coaching. This is how I do business coaching. Mm. It's just... It's obvious, but it's not how society's told us how we can be at our best. It's like you must be great at everything or you must focus on the stuff you're yes. not. Yeah. Yeah. And you must also be good at the things we value that we say are good. Yeah. And one of the things like I was thinking about my question earlier about like how do we find our purpose? I think I'm very clear, like you say, it changes. Mine has been around initially, I think it was about it was actually about people taking up it's always about people taking up spaces who they are. Like, really, that's the common underlying theme. But it's become over time, over the like seven, eight years of my business, it's become more about the money side of it and that being that big aspect of it. But the the other threads that I think led me there are I I see I really love the feeling of potential just generally. I love I think that's why I love Christmas so much, actually. There's so much potential in Christmas like the day so like I I, I always say potential is my favorite emotion and it's totally true like just that feeling of like oh my god what could happen so that's a big part of it and also communities and honesty and those are values really not potential so much but community and truth are values but they really feed into like if my only purpose was to do those two things build communities and tell the truth that's not probably my purpose actually and that, do you know and what that, I mean? And then it gets a different bow yeah, on it. You can translate that, right? So you yeah. Can, you can build iterations upon those values. Yeah. If you're like, I always use this analogy of a tree when you're, I'm talking about U-shaped business, your, your kind of roots, if you like, are community mm. potential. And they yeah. like, they form everything you do. So providing yeah. you know, your voice, your messaging, your content, your offers, the way you show up every day, the way you talk, the way you live, you all are in mm. the light. You will build and become the best version of yourself. Yes, you know what I mean. No, you will actualize. You will realize potential, providing you are doing everything in alignment with those elements. Yeah, yeah. And your values determine what your strengths are. So your values might be around community and connection. Mm -hmm. What that means is that your superpowers, Ray, and I know this is true because I've seen you in action. I'm seeing you in action now. 
is that you're incredible with people. You build rapport, you make them feel comfortable, you connect, you see people, you hear people. And those mm. are in business. That's the, you know, you build your products and services off the back of those strengths. You're going to make shit loads of money. So you have. That's, that's and this, it. it's, I love that as well, because it's also in times like we're in now, where certainly for in the online business world, it's felt like it's shifted in the last two years. There have been changes. Um, that a lot of us have had to acclimatize to and to navigate and all of those things I've seen so many people say it and that I absolutely agree with them the the very fundamentals of it don't change the very fundamentals are connecting with people it's in inviting people to work with you it not not I read one of your posts about and I say this all the time not convincing not pressurizing but convincing people always say how will I convince and I'm like we don't convince mm-hmm. we don't like you <laughs> you don't invite someone around to dinner and go well, how will I convince them to come though like that's not an enjoyable invitation no, but yeah isn't that what they say yeah it's a thing yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah I think so apparently <laughs> but yeah like it's it's really interesting that those fundamental things of like connecting people and and connecting with people and building that trust all of those things they don't change we mm. just have to sometimes figure out new ways of communicating those things or or what i think actually with the way that, that things are going is it's actually about digging in more and being more you i think that's what now calls for i think we could get away with more generic marketing than we can now so it's easier to we and not you know I think this is one of the biggest take-homes for the people that I'm working with because when I started my business there were far fewer people doing definitely doing what I do now but Mm. I work with lots and lots of career leadership coaches and you know well-being consultants and things and there weren't that many around like it was kind of a new thing wasn't it there were here in the UK and yeah. what, what marketing calls for is the more authentic you can be, the better, because that is how you will stand out from the crowd. Your exactly. unique MO, your unique pathway or process that mm. you've also your personality. Otherwise, mm. you become part of this homogenous lump of coaches that all say the same bloody thing. Yeah. Like how, how do you pick which, I was using the analogy of a boat, but like how do you pick which boat is going to take them to the right island if all yeah. the boats are the same? Yes. Well, you, you just know. jump in one. Yeah. Jump you in probably go for the cheapest. Go for the cheapest. Not the one yeah. that feels like more you. So yeah. the more you dial yeah. up your personality, the more you will call in your, your perfect people. Yeah. And I think this is where I get so annoyed with the idea. Annoyed is not. I'm much more patient when people say this. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. But I do. I get frustrated with the idea that it's the price that is going to get people to buy from you. Because mm-hmm. I actually don't think that that is the ethical way to do it. It's not. We don't want them choosing on the price. No. We would we don't want to be, and I know it's a very common phrase that race to the bottom idea, but you want them to connect with you because of who you are, because they know they're going to get the best yeah. service from you and the best connection. And if you're a coach, that you're going to ask the, the questions in the way that they need to hear those questions to unlock what needs to be said. And if you're a consultant, that you're going to be, you know, working with them in ways that work for them as yeah. their size, in their use size way. And and that's why focusing on things like price being the thing that quote unquote convinces people is actually the least we think it's the most ethical it's mm-hmm. that I think it's the least ethical while I understand where it comes from right so if you if you go on price yeah. alone and you go right I'm just going to go then because they're the cheapest yeah and you've still invested money but you can't get any progress you can't achieve any transformation because 
you jar with them or they don't align mm-hmm. with what you think and see and they don't yeah. get that out of you because they can't read you and they can't support you and see you. Yeah. You know, and, and you were saying before when you, you know, if you're signing off yours faithfully and someone jumps on a Zoom call with you, they're like, sorry, who are you? What? what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, talking about brand consistency. Yeah. Yeah. At all. So yeah. you're not going to build a trusted network. You're mm. not going to get consistent testimonials. You're not going to get that referability and that brand that you want. Yeah. There's no benefit for going price-based. No. Like none at all. Do you know what it makes me think of? I don't know if you used to wear these as well. Do you remember those really flimsy Primark ballet pumps that were like basically made of paper? Did you ever wear those? <laughs> like, and I, I used to like you go in like if they got wet, they like they just disappeared on your feet. And I must, and then I'd go and buy another pair, and another pair, and another pair. I could have gone and bought at the time they were called French Soul. I remember these like, and they still exist, I think. Yes. But they were like the fan. And I think they were like 90 pounds. I don't think they were like that much. I must have spent way more than 90 pounds on <laughs> oh shoes <my> made <laughs> of paper. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't, would I go and buy the more expensive pair that actually were going to like last my feet? No. And I think we do that in our businesses, in our investments, when we do that, like, oh, I'll get a hundred. And sometimes, by the way, I offer things for like cheap. Sometimes they can be brilliant if they're the right fit for you, but it's, it's seeing like actually what do I need here and wouldn't it be better for me to invest in someone I know I'm connecting with and that I feel like I trust and I feel good about and we make that an easier decision for people actually when our prices are higher because they need to spend more time thinking about working with us it's a considered purchase isn't it and I think exactly very often the way when people either I'm not like I'm super expensive but when people come to work with me it is it's not a last resort but they've tried the kind of quick yes they've tried the and the master classes yeah. they bought the book and they've mm. like, I just need some help with this like can you just help me yeah. do this stuff yeah. instead of trying to do it on my own or you know yeah. paying 35 pounds for a webinar yeah. um yeah. and it is it is a kind of go all in transformation actually that's sort of what I teach in my programs that you can absolutely work with people on mini transformations like a kind of quick fix tactic mm. In terms of the value of the transformation and the testimonials you're going to get, why not build something that is a higher value? And I don't like the term high ticket, but like a higher mm. value transformation. Yeah. You get more joy from, you get more satisfaction mm-hmm. from, they get better results from. But it's yeah. a higher level of investment because you're going yeah. full in with that person. It's mm. not yeah. a quick fix. I don't like I don't do quick quick fix stuff anymore. And it's no. a joy. I just love yeah. working and going deep. That's how I yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that I'm just going to see what other questions I had for you. I was quite, well, don't, what time did we start? 10 to 10 to. Yes. Okay. I just want to be aware of like my, my timings are all off. Oh, here we go. I have another question. I would love to know if you could make your clients understand one thing about money. Like if you could like hold them by the shoulders. Sometimes I like want to hold my clients by the shoulders, look them in the eye and be like, let me deliver this truth into your brain. What would you love for them to understand about money? That's such a hard question. <laughs> Probably going to steal this from somewhere I've heard it, possibly from you, Ray, but it money is energy and it's only mm. that. It's not good or bad. And I've definitely mm. heard that from you. It has a very kind of negative connotation for some people. And I think if you can, you can see money as, it's almost like commitment or skin in the game. And it doesn't mm. mean if you invest a million pounds, you're more committed than someone that, invest 500 quid but relative to your yes ability to invest 
Yes. So if something is a stretch for you, and I've got clients that I work with, and I know working with me is a stretch for them. Yes. But you yeah. know what? They bloody well go all in. They are so committed. Yeah. People for whom it's not as much of an investment, it is a kind of like, I'll drop in and out. Yeah. It's not, they don't do the work. So I think mm. one of the lessons, I suppose, for my the module in my program that I talk about your scalable signature solution is the only reasons it's scalable is that it is high value or relatively yeah. high value. I don't really recommend people selling things for less than a grand in mm. terms of a package or a program. Mm. And that in its own right is a mindset shift for some people who are selling one-off coaching sessions here and there or working on a day rate or, you know, yeah. like, well, how do I quit that? What does that mean? I get on an hourly rate and I'm like, well, well no, no, no. Yeah. It's not about that. It's not about yeah. daily rate. It's the value of the transformation you're offering. Make the transformation freaking amazing. So you can just mm. a decent price, mm. which means you can either work for your hours or go deeper or whatever it affords you in your business. Mm. That's one thing, but that's like 20. No, no, but it's so, I think it's that, it, it's that one thing that you said, which is the way I always word that is money is neutral. Like it just is. And then what that then like the clarity that gives us for being able to just then get on with our business yes. and get on with the impact we have with people and get on with that transformation rather than getting into that. It's very like old school, actually capitalist conditioning. It's like industrial revolution stuff to mm-hmm. be going, but what does that mean per hour? What does that mean? How much I'll have to do? And I'm just like, it's funny once you get your head out of it. It's hard. to. I don't know if you find this. It's hard for me to put my head brain into that space now. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, well, it's not. Now you're eight is now. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I have a vague work, guess of one. I'm like, I don't know what to charge because they want a day rate. I'm like, oh, I don't know. what is my day rate? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just sort of divide a couple of things. They're like, well, maybe if I divided that by that, is it that? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> It's a complete shift of mindset away from that feeling that you are being monitored, like your value is being monitored Mm. as well, I think, in that moment. And I just think it's so, it's really like, it shits on your ability to be creative. Mm -hmm. It really impacts your ability to hit your goals. And it it leads to burnout. It's exhausting. Exhausting. Trading. I mean, I talk about trading time for money, right? So you've got a unit yeah. of time. You mm. have so many units of time in your day. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow or scale your business, yeah. something's yes. going to change. And, yeah. and that's the sort of rationale I go with if you want mm. it to be scalable. Mm. But you, I love what you said about the monitoring. I think that for me, mm. it does take me back to, oh shit, I can't leave before five o'clock because I'm contract, yeah. you know, contracted hours. Like, I mean, I don't remember ever, you know, I can't remember feeling like that. Like, it was so long ago, but mm. it was the thing bums on suit like have I shown up enough today did I speak up enough in that meeting did I do it properly did it will I get my bonus at the end of the month because Mm -hmm. this person's asked you know whatever like stop monitoring me like you just trust yourself and do the very best you can do with what you have available and it's even worse now I think with um, people working from home where they're like literally monitoring people's like keyboards oh my god don't like terrifying it's it's awful and I think I think we have to be careful where we're bringing those ways of doing things into our own like no one's monitoring your keyboard and yet that yet we are we do it to ourselves mm-hmm. we bring in like I say a lot of the time like the only person who can give you a raise when you run your own business is you so like and I love that like I love that I get to go hmm, I fancy a raise how am I going to make that happen yeah, like I think that's awesome 
yeah <laughs> but yeah exactly but often people are still waiting on that exterior person that no longer is it no longer exists or they project that onto their clients to give them a raise like that's when I'll get it when they say yes you get that but also what client is ever going to go sorry can I just pay you a bit more can I, can I just give you a bit more this month Sarah yeah exactly <laughs> you do, do you know that. what sometimes that happens and it's a it's I love that people do that like not to me but I've had clients in plenty but it's a sure sign you're undercharging for sure it's a sure sign that somebody's there going I actually feel quite bad about only paying them this much so I'm going to tell them because I actually can't hold this anymore which is a good example of why (laughs) it's not always the kindest thing to be charging less that's very important um Okay, so thank you so much. Like I've, I've really, I've loved this. I could carry on doing this for so long, but I want to. We have, I have three quick fire questions I always ask at the end of every episode. The first one is finish this sentence. Money is neutral because you taught me that. Yeah, yep. That's that's what I think. What I don't even know what my answer. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I was like, oh my god, I don't know. And then my second question is: Is there anything like a podcast or a book that you've read recently doesn't have to be business related that you have enjoyed and you would like to share with the listeners I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to I don't read fiction like I've got no kind of off switch so I do read a lot of business related books Mm. I I love a good deep dive into like positive psychology and stuff Mm. this is a bit more commercial but he's such a straightforward no BS guy, Daniel Priestley. He wrote a book called Oversubscribed. Oh, I love that book so much. I recommend that all the time. Yeah, because it's just sort of, it feels very obvious when you read it. And you're like, you make this sound like non-emotional, but like really straightforward. But he's mm. a really nice, normal guy. So mm. very successful. So I, I like him. In fact, I've just downloaded his score app. He's developed software. Oh, interesting. Not, not very deep, that one. But yeah, I go with No, I, I think it's so good. And it's a really good introduction to this idea of because he talks about creating your own market doesn't he like you create you and that's a lot of what when you show up in business you sized you create the people that like that are going to be interested in your work like that's what happens you create that space for it last question bit of a change of pace if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what are you going to eat this is so hard I mean, I I would absolutely pity anyone that was within a ten meter radius of me, but probably baked beans. Oh yeah, sorry, and it's really uncouth and unpleasant, but I love baked beans. I I I hear you. My kids hate them. No, one of them loves them, but one of them just hates the bean aspect of them. Which, to be fair, the large portion of beans. Yeah, and it's the problematic part as well. But thank you so much. (laughs) So much for having Um, me. I've loved it. Oh, me too. So can you let people know where they can find you, where the best places to find you are? Yes, I am probably less active than I was, but I'm still very active on Instagram, which is at the the Happy Startup Coach. I am on Facebook, but less so. And I've kind of been hanging out a bit on LinkedIn recently, actually. Yeah. Sarah J. Clark. Yeah. You're the second person to mention that to me. And it makes me be like... (laughs) very anti it I'm like actually I can have proper chats with people and like you know people do comments and like mm. yeah. and I would have thought that's a really good place for you ideal client wise as well yeah I'm it. I mean I basically just copy and paste um mm. one to the other I, I I used to have to be someone else when I was on LinkedIn but now I don't bother mm. 
Nice. Love that. Thank you so much. We'll link to those things in the in the show notes. And like I said, thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.